Hey guys, welcome back to the Greenwood First Student Podcast. We are going to be wrapping up our study in the Gospel of John today. We have been in this book for nine months, and it has been such a blessing to walk through this book with you guys. It is one of my favorite books in all of Scripture for its clarity and telling us who Christ is. And tonight will be no different as we look at the interaction between Jesus and his disciple Peter. So if you have a Bible with you, go ahead and open up to John chapter 21. We'll be covering verses 15 through 19. So if you have that, go ahead and open it up and let's see what God's Word has for us this evening. Starting in verse 15, let's read through these verses and then we'll go back and discuss as is our normal practice. Verse 15 of chapter 21 in the Gospel of John says this. It said, When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to him. You know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told him. A second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him. You know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told him. He asked him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. Truly I tell you, when you were younger, you would tie your belt and walk wherever you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will tie you and carry you where you do not want to go. And he said this to indicate by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. And after saying this, he told him, follow me. Now, if you are are new to Scripture or if you're new to this story, it may seem odd that Jesus asked Simon Peter the same question three times. It may seem uh, a little like Jesus doesn't believe Peter, so he continues to ask him. But that's really not what's going on here. If you've been following along with these podcasts or if you know the story Uh, of Holy Week, then you know that this is an opportunity for Peter to be restored by Christ. Just a few days earlier, as they were sitting at the Last Supper with the other disciples, Jesus was explaining that He was about to leave and where He was going they could not follow, and Peter was saying He was ready to go wherever He was willing to die for Jesus. And Jesus turns and looks at Him and says, Before the morning, Before the rooster crows, Peter, you'll deny me three times. And then we see them go to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is arrested and Peter tries to defend him and Jesus stops him. And then we see the disciples scatter from the garden. But then we see Peter return. He and another disciple who isn't named and they come into the courtyard to where Jesus is being questioned by Caiaphas and the other Pharisees. And they're sitting amongst the crowd as Peter. And Peter, as he's sitting there, begins to get questioned himself by the crowd. And they say, are you not one of his disciples? Aren't you with Jesus? And three times Peter denies him. He says, I'm not, I don't know him. And the third time that he denies, Jesus turns and looks at him. Peter is overcome with guilt, with grief, and he leaves the courtyard. We don't see Peter again in the story uh, until after the crucifixion of Christ. When Mary Magdalene and some other women go to anoint the body of Jesus in the tomb, and when they get there, it's empty, and she comes running back to tell the news 
to the disciples, and it tells us that she first sees Simon Peter, and when she tells him, he takes off sprinting to the tomb. And I, I think that's pretty, pretty much would be our, all of our reaction. If we had denied Christ and our last interaction with Him was Him looking over at us and us being overwhelmed with guilt and fleeing because we knew what we had done is wrong, all we would want was the opportunity to make that right. And then a few days later, we hear that His tomb is empty and He had promised that He would return. And, and so now we have the opportunity to see Him. And so Peter is just running to the grave for the opportunity to see and speak to Jesus again. And we don't see that happen in that moment, but we do a couple of days later. Now, He has seen Peter since then. He's appeared to the disciples. He has spoken to them. We don't have details of those accounts, but here we do. Here, John gives us a moment around a breakfast table where Jesus gives Peter the opportunity, where he denied him three times, that he can confirm his love for him three times. He is giving Peter the opportunity to be restored in his relationship with Christ, restored in his commitment and his understanding of who Jesus is and his love for him. And so when he looks at him and questions him three times, it's not because he doesn't believe him. Peter even says, you know everything. And we know that Christ knows all things. So he wasn't looking for new information. He was looking for commitment. And he was giving Peter the opportunity to restore himself by being questioned three times of his love for him. And here's what's interesting for us. In the same way, Christ is continually giving us opportunities to commit our love to him when we fail. It's not that He doesn't believe that we don't love Him if we're His. He knows we love Him. He knows our hearts. But He gives us the opportunity to commit through repentance, through confession of sin. He allows us the opportunity to be reconciled back into that relationship, that fellowship with Christ. What we see here in this interaction with He and Peter is quite simply the work of Jesus Christ on earth this reconciliation between sinful man and righteous God. In one word, what we see is grace. Grace that is beyond anything we could ever understand. Peter did nothing to deserve this conversation. Peter didn't go and do something extravagant and Jesus says, okay, now I'm going to accept Peter back as one of mine. No, he did nothing. He denied Christ, and then Christ came and found him again. And he said, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? He pursued Peter by his love and his grace. Peter didn't pursue Christ. He denied him, and Jesus pursued him anyway because he knows of Peter's love for him. Even though his actions spoke differently, he knew his heart. He knew that he loved him, and he pursued him because he belonged to him. What a beautiful thing for us to understand as believers, that when we fail, the pursuing love and grace of Jesus Christ continually comes for us in our worst moments. He pursues us because of his love, his grace for us. He asks him, do you love me? And when Peter replies, yes, he gives him then instruction. Then feed my lambs. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Then shepherd my sheep. Again, do you love me? 
And in grief, he says, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus again says, then feed my sheep. If we love him, our life should reflect that love for him. And we should go and we should share that good news with others. We should love people the way that he has called us to love people. We should honor him with our lives the way he has called us to honor him with our lives. He tells him in verse 18 a little bit of change of pace. He's already prophesied once to Peter about his actions when he said, you'll deny me three times, and it happened exactly as Jesus said. So Peter has no place to question his prophetic ability. And here in 18, he says, Truly I'll tell you that when you were young, you could tie your belt and you could go wherever you wanted to go. But when you get old, someone else is going to tie you up, stretch out your hands, and they're going to lead you to a place you don't want to go. He was prophesying to Peter again. You're going, to deny, you're going to die on my behalf because of your belief in me, because you follow me. You're going to die at the hands of those uh, who are opposed to you. And it's interesting because Peter has denied, he's been restored, and you would think after three times him saying, you know everything, you know that I love you, that this would be this change in him. But if you continue to read, and I'll paraphrase the end of the, of the book for you, but he says that Peter turns and looks at another disciple, and most likely John, and he says, well, what about him? Like, How's he going to die? Jesus has to look at Peter and say, if I want him to remain, what is that to you? But as for you, Peter, follow me. And so we even see, even in the midst of all of this understanding that should be happening, there's still this the sinfulness, the self-preservation, this misunderstanding about who God is and who we are that happens in Peter. And that's why I love the end of verse 19. After he tells him all these things, he simply looks at Peter and says, follow me. If you look at the beginning of the gospel, when you see that Jesus is calling his disciples, he sees Simon Peter and his brother Andrew standing on the shore, and he says to them what? He says, follow me. And they drop their nets and they begin to follow him. At the end of his conversation with Peter, he says to him, what? Two times. At the end of 19, follow me. At the end of 22, he says, as for you, follow me. That's the calling of Jesus Christ to all of us who belong to him. Follow him. And it's not a one-time calling, it's continual. It's a, this effectual, continual, loving call of Jesus Christ to His children, to His followers. Follow me. Continually. Because we're going to stumble, we're going to fall, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to want to preserve ourselves over anything else. And that's going to cause us to fall into sin. But Jesus isn't looking at us based on our performance, just as he didn't look at Peter based on his. Peter's performance was one in the end of failure, and Jesus pursued him and said, Do you love me? Then live for me. Do you love me? Then love others. Do you love me? Then teach others. Follow me, Peter. And if we were to continue this story, then we would go into the book of Acts, and when the Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples, all of them who are there, there is one who stands and preaches boldly and unashamedly the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it was Peter. The same one whose voice was used in the courtyard to deny him, 
God restores him and then uses that same voice to stand and proclaim the truth of the gospel. Here's what you need to know from that. God uses those who love him regardless of their past, regardless of their ability to be perfect or not. He uses those who are weak because we are the ones who have to depend on him. When you have to depend on the Lord, he can then use you because you're free of your own pride and your own selfish ambition. That's why we say we submit our lives, we give our lives, we turn our lives over to Christ. We give it all to Him that He might be glorified through us. And all of this is only possible because of His grace for us. So when we look at this interaction between He and Peter, it should remind us of God's grace for us. That at the times we fail Him, when the world says you're not good enough, you're not being a, a good follower of Christ, when you're not living the way that you should and you feel uh, from the weight of the world around you and, and maybe some misplaced judgment by people around you that you're not good enough. I want you to remember that you are not good enough, but Christ was and He is still calling you. His grace is sufficient. It's a beautiful song we sing in our church that says, His grace is greater than all my sin. There's nothing that we can do that can put us too far away outside of the grace of God if we are willing to submit to who He is as Lord and Savior. His grace is sufficient for all of our sins. That's the beauty of who Jesus is. That's the beauty of the gospel. I hope that this book has been an encouragement to you as we've walked through the gospel of John. I pray that, that this last understanding, when we see Jesus in the beginning, His coming was coming by grace. He came to us on earth by His grace to redeem us. And when He is about to leave and ascend back into heaven, He is doing nothing but showing that grace again to the one who denied Him, to empower Him by His grace to go and continue the work of Christ. The beginning calling of Christians, follow me. The last thing that we are called to do by Christ, follow Him. Let's follow Him. Let's live for Him. That's what He's called us to do. And it is the pleasure and the joy of our hearts for those who love Him to follow Him. Next week, we're going to start a new study in the book of Philippians. It's going to be a great time together walking through one of the letters from the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi, understanding what it is to live for Christ and how we are to live for Christ. So I hope you'll join us for that next series. I hope the Gospel of John has been as good to you as it has been to me in studying and understanding it. And until we meet again, I'll leave you with the same words as always. May God's grace be with you.